This episode is brought to you by George Foreman's Knockout Pain Relief. Welcome to the Yankee Death Star. My name is Dave, and we've got a game to talk about today. Uh, it didn't go our way in the ninth inning, but it, it was still a game that happened. It really blew chunks. We'll break that down. We also have a draft pick we're going to discuss that we were able to pick up today. We had the 20th pick in the draft in the first round, and we're going to talk about this young man. We're not going to get into a lot of detail, Mark, but we will get into enough detail about him right now that you guys will know, and we're going to break down his game um, during the off break. Now, everybody knows of baseball, so we're going to break his game down lightly because it could be a few years before we see uh, what he is like in the big league. So before we do any of this... Mark, how are you doing today? Yo, man, that game was eight and a half innings of great baseball and half an inning of just absolute, like you said, chunk blowing. It was terrible, man. Um, in the end, you know, you got to look at, you know, this was kind of a synopsis of a lot of the issues that we've kind of seen our team struggling with this year. Um, even when Chapman was, was effective, there were still question marks because of like we talked about he got a couple of triple plays because of the situations he was putting himself in he was able to steady a little bit but things have fallen apart and in the end it showed when boone didn't go to chapman at the end of this game and um then everything just kind of fell apart we gave up six runs in the ninth and the whole thing ended with an altuve home run um it was uh, in your face to judge in his celebration from yesterday. And, you know, we got two wins against the Astros, so we got to be like, you know, we got to be positive about this because we were in a real tough spot before we went on this um, West Coast road trip. Um, but here we are. Um, we're going into all-star break, and we lost a game in a gut-wrenching fashion. Yeah, man. And, I, and I'm trying to come up with the right analogy to tell you how awful this game was to watch. But the only way to do it is everybody that is a dad knows exactly what I'm about to say here is you know how that day is when you wake up and you're getting up out of the morning and your kid comes running up to you and headbutts you right in the nuts, right? You think your day is going to be a hell of a day. You're pumped about it. You're so stoked. And here comes your kid's forehead right against your nuts. It wakes you up and you're like, oh shit, this sucks, right? That is exactly it. We felt like we had the um, um, win. Waking up in the morning, hell yeah, going to the all-star break, uh, seven out of eight wins or whatever, and then the forehead comes inevitably to the nuts, and it was all over. So I understand um, it was good to see the Astros get a win. No, fuck that shit. We hate the Astros. Go fuck yourself, Astro fans. And that's that. So let's go ahead and talk about uh, how this game went down. Uh, but before that, Mark, I want to say we picked up a draft pick, the 20th draft pick of this draft. His name is Trey Sweeney. He is a shortstop from Eastern Illinois. Now, this is the highest a draft pick from Eastern Illinois has gone since 1988, I think, Mark. I'm not too sure about that date. Um, but 1988, there was a young man that spent a little time in the bigs during that time, but not a lot of time that came from Eastern Illinois. And I think he got picked 18th or 19th. I don't know, but that's the first time it's happened since then. So it's been at least 30 years uh, since that's happened. So... I'm interested to see where this young man's going to, um, you know, obviously do well. I think this is a, a perfect opportunity for us to have a backup. Obviously, we have uh, uh, Ch um, 
the shortstop in our AAA right now or AA right now, um, um, Ho or Hoy, his, he's amazing. I've watched him play a couple times. I can't. I, this is frustrating me. I can't remember his name. But he is a great shortstop that's going to be coming up in the bigs in the next couple of years. There's no doubt about it. His defense is superb. So I'm excited to see how Trey is going to uh, really affect this Yankee core for the next few years. Obviously, it's going to be in um, double, uh, single, double, and triple A um, in the next couple of years. But there is an opportunity and a spot for him to be opening up possibly in the next four years. So we'll definitely keep break that down. But for now, let's go ahead and start off with the game, Mark. What do you want to say about the first inning? So Tyon pitched really well at the beginning of the game. Um, really, the whole time he was in there, he pitched really well. It was great to see um, him be that consistent. This is something we've been working on for the whole season. Um, he's been out there, and they've been very um, cautious with him. They've given him opportunities to, um, you know, be successful and this inning this game they really pushed him they gave him six innings and they gave him an opportunity to go out there and do more than he had done in a while and he was extremely successful um we were able to draw first blood in the third inning and that was great to see and i think that gave tyon some some additional um support and um you know just what he needed in this situation to be so successful and i think even though we didn't get the win Tyon is going to leave this with a lot of confidence, and that's really critical. So in the top of the third, um, after Sanchez got walked and Voigt got walked, um, Torres was able to get on base on a fielding error that drove Sanchez in, and um, that was with two outs. So um, it, was, it was great to get that to take place, but we weren't able to get another um, run in the top of the third. Houston was able to quickly um, get that run back with a, a solo shot in the bottom of the third. Um, and that was, you know, that sucked. But in the end, like I said, Tyon did really well. So you don't want to like hold anything against him. And the top of the fourth the, with no outs, um, Tim LaCastro was able to hit a solo shot. It's great to see him. He's the newest Yankee, and he's also the fastest Yankee. So when he's got the power, you know, that's awesome to see. That put us up two to one going into the fifth, and we were able to tack on another run there. Um, but um, it was, this was just kind of setting us up in, uh, you know, for this house of cards that was going to come collapsing down. So in the top of the fifth, Stanton was able to get on base off a single. Um, Voigt was walked again. Um, Torres hit a single um, that was able to score um, Stanton. Great to see that type of stuff, man. We love seeing this team scoring off of singles and, and getting walked. I mean, that type of shit is awesome to see. That got us through the top of the fifth and into the bottom of the fifth, up 3-1. to one. Yeah, man. Um, it was really great to see Jamison Tyon just pitching well. Um, you know, I, I, I kind of want to tell you guys this, and I, I want to make sure that everybody understands this. This is why I advocate being patient with the pitchers is Jameson Tyon. We have seen the best version of Jameson Tyon over the last couple of starts. Why do you think that is? Because we're being patient. We're allowing him to be get comfortable. He hasn't um, pitched a lot. So this is why when we have made the decision to pull Chapman back, I'm not sitting there pointing the finger saying, failure, failure, failure. I'm saying, guess what? We did this with um, Jameson Tyon. He missed a couple starts. He had a couple starts where he had lots more time between. 
The reason is they were working on his pitches. They were working on his pitch count. They were trying to make him stronger and better. They weren't just putting him out there saying, ah, he'll figure it out. That's not the Yankee way. We are wanting to make sure that we put the best version of every single player out there. So we're watching um, Jamison Tyon right now just fan through three up, three down in the fifth. He looks filthy because guess what? Three pitches to the first guy, two pitches to the second guy, and two pitches to the third guy. He is insane. That was seven pitches in the inning. Like, what the crap? So we get into the sixth inning, right? DJ LeMahieu uh, line out. Aaron Judge grounds out, and Gary Sanchez strikes out. Uh, you know what? It just goes down that way. But, I mean, here's the thing. I, I, I want to say with Jamison Tyon, the way that he built his pitching um, game today, the way that he pitched the pitches, everything else like that, it was like he built an armor around uh, himself, and he was able to get these guys to line out, fly out, ground out, depending on uh, what type of batter what he was, batting against, um, he was pitching against. Here is where the first chink in all the armor started to come out where Boone said to him, hey, I want to make sure you're okay here. But he gives up a home run in the bottom of the six. We were still up three to two. So it was important for him to be able to understand it's not a bad thing pulling him out right here. But it was, in their opinion, a wise move. I understand why they did it. I totally get it. And guess what? I love the fact that they replaced him with Domingo Herman. Um, this is a cool move, in my opinion, getting him out there in the seventh inning. But before we get to the seventh um, inning, I want to talk about we were able to pick up a run here in the seventh inning. Let's go ahead and talk about how that happened here. Uh, Stanton uh, uh, flied out. Luke Voigt struck out on a full count. And then Torres walks here. Glaber Torres gets his sixth steal of the year. I love the aggression on the bases right now. We um, are the worst team in the majors for stolen bases. That's shitty as shit. So I'm glad that we are getting out there and doing a better job at that because guess what happens next? We have two outs, right? Gio Urshela hits a single, and because Torres was aggressive on the bases, we were able to get another run. So now we are up 4-2. Awesome job. Tim LeCastro comes up and he grounds out on the third pitch. Not a big deal. He hit a home run earlier today. He's he's producing. He's doing a great job on defense. This is exactly what we like to see. And like I said, Jamison Tyon comes in the seventh and he replaces, uh, I'm sorry, Domingo Herman replaces Jamison Tyon in the seventh and he goes three up, three down, just like butter. He cuts it like through butter. It was awesome to see. That's exactly what we needed. And especially now, we were up 4-2 to two going into the 8th inning. And this is where everything started going well for us. We got a lot of walks here. So let's just go through it. Brett Gardner grads out for the first out. DJ LeMahieu walks. And then there was a wild pitch where DJ was able to um, advance. Of course, they're going to um, um, have a mound visit at this moment because it's a, it's a close game and they want to make sure things are right. Check this out. This is what happens next. Aaron Judge walks, okay? Gary Sanchez crushes a home run to give us a 7-2 to two lead, and he does that on two strikes. Hell yeah, Gary. This is what we like to see. Followed by Stanton and Voigt walking back-to-back, -back, only seeing one strike during that time. That is huge because we get to a point right now where Torres strikes out and Gio walks to load the bases. 
Tim LaCastro's up, and I got excited, man. I was like, oh, he's already got one. Could he do it? Could he do it? And he does not actually do anything. He gets a full count, and he strikes out. That was unfortunate, but man, he is pitching. Oh, he is batting well. I, I don't. I'm not upset with him. Domingo Herman still in the game. Sees three up, three down. Um, um, Altuve gets a ground out. Um, Brantley gets a single, and then Alvarez hits into a double play to end the inning. This was big because you know, obviously, getting it out of an inning that you're able to get runs on is always a big momentum change. At this point, I didn't feel like there was any chance that the Astros were going to come back. I thought Chapman might come in the game at this moment, um, but obviously that's not what happened. But Mark, take us away to what happened in the ninth inning. Yeah, man. Well, first of all, the top of the ninth, um, Gardner got walked, LeMahieu got walked, and then Judge struck out and Sanchez grounded into a double play. So, you know, we had a chance to, you know, add a little bit to it. But it didn't necessarily feel like we we needed it. I mean, we were up seven to two, going into the bottom of the ninth, and it was just you know, it just fell apart. Right? It starts out, we bring Herman back in, um, and Goriel hits a single, and then Tucker hits a double. At that point, Girl makes it to third. They decide to bring Green in, and like you were saying to me before we got on this podcast, you know, Green does much better. When he doesn't have people on the bases, this was evident when McCormick hit a double that scored two runs, followed by a Toro double um, that scored McCormick. And here we are, you know, no outs, and the game is seven to five. We're up by two runs in the bottom of the ninth. We should feel good, but we don't, not in any way, shape, or form. At this point, the tying run steps up to the plate. It's Castro. He hits a single that moves Toro to third. And before we know it, here we are. And <laughs> we're sitting there with a tying runner at the plate. I mean, the winning runner at the plate. So the first guy steps up and he lines out. So at this point, we finally got our first out of the inning. Um, but the next guy is Altuve. Altuve has a little bone to pick with the Yankees and he took it out on this pitch and it was unbelievable game over. Um, I couldn't believe that we found a way to lose this game. Um, this goes back to so many different things we've seen recently. Um, a lack of confidence in, in being able to go to Chapman um, and just a, a lot of different question marks about how we're going to be able to win in the playoffs if we don't have um, pitching that can close out games. Obviously, we've seen this kind of pattern repeat over and over and over again this season, and there needs to be some solutions. I don't really feel like there, any major change is needed. I just feel like we need a little bit more depth, um, and that is kind of what you know what's needed in this situation. Yeah, I mean, Cortez was doing really, really well in the rotation. I mean, in the bullpen until he, we moved him into the rotation. And now there's a little bit of a hole there. And I think we need to figure out um, how to replace him in the bullpen. Man, you're absolutely right. I'm glad you brought that up. You know, here's the thing about what's happening with our bullpen, man, is Adovito is no longer with us. Zach Britton is injured. Chapman's having issues. And the only person that's half himself right now is Chad Green. Um, this is what I think is going on right now. I, I feel like 
we're just having issues capitalizing right now um, with our bullpen. This is something that's been the strength for us for the last few years. We've been spoiled as as Yankees having really good closers to, to depend on. And right now, we're just not getting that. This is not a shot on any of our bullpen guys right now because we have a lot of very, very good bullpen guys. But what this is saying is that we're having issues closing games. That is a different type of bullpen um, um, guy. A closer is not your typical bullpen guy. If it was, then everybody would be a fucking closer. So obviously, this is what's happening right now. We're fumble, fumbling around. We're not true sure what's, who we're going to play in what positions. But I want to say is something Mark and I were talking about, and this is just my personal um, preference, and Mark's and I's what Mark actually was the one that brought this up, but our idea of what's happening with Chapman was he added a pitch this year. Um, I believe it was a split finger pitch that he added. Um, I'm not too sure. I need to make sure that I uh, go back and look at what the pitch that he added. I am starting to wonder if this pitch has caused him to have issues gripping the ball, and that is exactly what we're seeing right now with him. I, I, I'm not trying to blame anything on anything in particular, but I've seen this happen in the past. And when a pitcher adds a pitch and they're going with a brand new pitch, it doesn't always go the way that they want it to. It doesn't always help their other pitches out because when you're spending time on a brand new pitch, that's what goes on. We've seen Chapman add a, um, a breaking ball on his pitch um, stuff in the past, and, and we've seen how he's added stuff, but he's done it very, very slowly, taking um, small steps. Well, this split fa- um, finger, um, this split ball, finger ball that he's been throwing, he's added more and more um, to that. Instead of taking it slowly and only throwing 5% of his pitches. He was leaning on this more than a lot of his other brand new pitches that he has ever added. So this is what I'm trying to figure out to me is, is this something that's causing his issues? And if it is, you pet your ass that Matt Blake is on top of this already. He is one of the most advanced um, pitching coaches in the league. I love it that he is on our team. I love the fact that he has proven that he is worth it with Jamison Tyon taking it the time. I remember listening to an interview in the beginning of the season talking about the pitchers. He says, we have a lot of guys that haven't pitched in a while. Our goal is not to rush them, is to take their time. Now, I'm paraphrasing what he said, but he was basically saying, we need to take our time and let these guys figure things out. And then by the end of the season, we'll know where everybody stands. And that is exactly what we're seeing from Matt Blake. He's taking things for face value, and I love it, man. Let's talk about our hits and walks, and then I'll throw it to you for the pitches and everybody, everything there, and then you can tell us who got what. But the reality is DJ LeMayhew, they made a decision. Houston made a decision. DJ was not going to beat them. They pitched around DJ. Four walks today, no hits. That's just unfortunate. But DJ was a beast and uh, making them not pitch them. Uh, same thing with Judge. They walked Judge twice tonight. Uh, he did not get a hit either. Uh, and they just gave him really rough pitches to hit. He could have probably walked four times tonight um, if he was more patient at in the box. But the reality is is that they pitched around him as well. Um, and then we had Sanchez and Stanton, Torres, Urshela, and Gardner all got one walked each. Uh, Luke Voigt got three walks. And that brings a total for 14 walks tonight. That's insane, man. We had a lot of guys on that were free bases um, all night. Uh, we had a total of eight hits tonight as well. Uh, Stanton got two. 
Urshela got two, and then we had a bunch of guys with one. Sanchez, Torres, um, LeCastro, and Gardner all got one hit each, bringing the total to eight. So really, 22 base runners is a hell of a lot of base runners. Seven runs um, from that is, I think, is great. This is what we're talking about. This is good stuff we're seeing from our bats right now. This is what we need to see from our bats. This is a champion-level bats right now. Hell yeah, this is what we need. Unfortunately, the pitchers are a whole new story at this moment. Yeah, and our starters have been doing great. So it's really just one you know, subset of our pitchers. But Tyon came in for six innings, um, gave up three hits, two runs. Both of them earned, walked two, struck out four, and both those hits were home runs, or both those runs were home runs. Herman, he came in for two. He gave up three hits, two runs, and he struck out two. Uh, unfortunately, those two runs were guys he left on base, and Green came in for one out, gave up four hits, four runs. All of them were earned, and one of them was a home run, which was to Altuve to end the game. A total of ten hits. Um, eight runs, two walks, six strikeouts, and three home runs. Man, again, Tyon did great. I think this is something that we have to take as a win going into the All-Star is Jamison Tyon's um, doing well, Cole's doing well. Like These guys, our pitchers, are doing great. Cortez is doing great. We're, we're taking this as a win. We have four days off in the All-Star break. Our next game is the 15th. I don't even know who we play, but we will be discussing that very shortly in the um, future episodes. But here we are sitting in a spot that we're three games back from the wild card, which to me is our goal at this moment. Until we can get to that wild card spot and get in possession of that wild card spot, we don't even give a shit about what's happening with the Red Sox, with um, the Blue Jays, or even with the Tampa Bay um I wanted to say Buccaneers, but fuck it. The Rays, man. Who really cares, right? Uh, They're from Tampa Bay. So anyways, so the point is, is that we're going to continue cheering for this team and continue to make sure that we support them because that's what us Yankees fans do. We don't throw our players under the bus. We don't talk shit on our players. We stand up for them. And if other people want to talk shit, that's cool. But we're going to make sure that they know that they're fucking with the Yankees. Yeah, man. Fuck Tom Brady and the Rays. How's that? Anyway, so we appreciate everybody taking the time to join us. We're going to stick with it, man. We're going to be back tomorrow, even though we're on break. Um, We've got a lot to break down. We want to break down, you know, some different stats. So join us tomorrow to hear what we've got, man. Once again, this episode has been brought to you by George Foreman's Knockout Pain Relief. Thanks, and we'll see you tomorrow.